Deborah Smith Pagay is an international speaker, best-selling author, and a communication strategist. She is a longtime friend of the Temple family and has graced our ministry on several occasions. She is the author of many books, including 30 Days to Taming Your Tongue. She co-authored with our very own Pastor Ricky Temple, Why Smart People Make Dumb Choices. And most recently, she published Socially Confident in 60 Seconds. Deborah's passion is to empower people with strategies for achieving relational, financial, and emotional peace. Welcome home, Deborah Smith-Pagay. joy what a joy what a joy to be a part of this spiritual family I tell you I was so blessed by that worship service I said God knows who to give that kind of talent to if I could sing like that Erica Campbell I wouldn't speak to none of y'all the Holy Spirit has been present in all of the services and I honor his presence here tonight I honor your leadership Pastor Rick and my husband can tell you this. He, I listen to him. It's kind of like mutual mentoring in a way because whatever he says, I'll do it. And Lady Diane, you are just so about people. I'm not sure people know how much you are about people, but I see what you do behind the scenes. And I posted something on my Facebook page last night. I said, this is the hardest working first lady I've met. And I've met a lot of them. And they're all wonderful. But I tell you, Diane outworks them all. <laughs> I honor you. I honor you, and I, like, I honor your clone. <laughs> Christina, stand up, Christina. I am so proud of what God is doing in your life. I am so proud of you. You may be seated, but I was, I was uh, the weather report said that we should have thunderstorms for every night of this uh, event. I called Christina, and I said, oh, Lord, I don't really like flying and weather. And she said, listen, I'm praying that God will hold the weather. Now, I don't know how many young people you know can talk about praying about God and hold the weather. That sounds like something her grandmother taught her, you know, God holding the weather. I talk about God holding the weather. And what has God done? He has held the weather. So God is awesome. Sometimes we don't pray big prayers because we don't realize that it, it really does impress God when we pray a big old prayer. And so let's just keep, let's keep them real big. Amen? Now I got to tell you something because I know that new grandbaby is on the scene. And I'm so glad this ministry is established because these two grandparents, they got a nose job going on with that grandbaby. <laughs> Monica, thank you for the baby. RJ, thank you for the baby. It's a wonderful association. My husband has already been uh, introduced and he is a wonderful man of God. We've been married 37 years. We have been married 37 years. We've never talked about getting a divorce. We've never had a yelling argument. Now, we've had a lot of intense disagreements, but we have never had a yelling argument, and I just love him so much. And I uh, just want to say to all of you who have come back for homecoming, and what a joy it is to come back and reconnect. And, and I know that you got good roots here, and, and I, I'm, just, I'm just delighted to be a part. Now, I had to chuckle when Pastor Rick was introducing me because, you know, I am an accountant by training, but I've never had an accountant's personality. So I thought, yeah, they're going to really go to snoring. They think an accountant's going to bring the message on Saturday night. <laughs> but I want to show you my family. And I have some things I want to show you. 
Um, my, my, this is my, these are my siblings, and uh, I have set six, well, I had six brothers. One of them passed away, the ones that you see with the D, those, they're deceased, but all in just the past few years, so it's been a tough time. My uh, husband uh, was uh, stricken with uh, an incurable disease, or, or let's just say a life-threatening disease, many years ago, but it happened right uh, the, on the Saturday that my husband had his surgery and I brought him home. My mom uh, died three days later, and it was just uh, an awesome time in my life, and the, and the temples were there through, with me through it all. But I just remembered the worship that Erica was talking about and how it, it really is warfare when you can learn how to begin to exalt God above the problem. And that was the whole thing that kept me during that intense season of trials uh, is that I just began to worship God and exalt him above all that was going on. And so tonight, I just want to kind of let you know the kind of background I'm from. I'm from a really big family, and I'm the matriarch of the family. I have nieces and nephews uh, galore. And uh, so that's my big family, and that's just my immediate family, all right? But you know where there's a big family, or where there are people, there are conflicts, and where there are a lot of people, there are a lot of conflicts. So that brings me to my message tonight. How many of you have had a conflict with anybody in the last two weeks? Mm-hmm. How about today? Let's just start today. Well, I'm going to pray about something because I, my family has been estranged lately and I've been trying to be the peacemaker. And I know some of you may have come from situations where there are conflicts. And I just want to give you a good word from the Lord because I know it's a good word because it's his word. Amen. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you for this opportunity, God, to hear from you. And you love us so much that you won't allow us to come in here and go out the same. So speak, God. Give us a word that's going to change us and cause us to go higher in you. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. amen. Well, today, I want to talk to you from the subject, forgive, let go, and live. Say that with me. Forgive, forgive. let go, let go. And, live. and live. Now, my publisher actually asked me to write that book by this title, and I didn't want to write it because I said, listen, I can't talk about that. I'm not a, an authority in that area. In fact, I am, the, I am the worst forgiver that I know. When I married my husband, I said, listen, we came from a family, uh, a legacy of unforgiveness. And I said, try not to do anything. Uh, the way I'm going to have to forgive you because in my family, we don't do no forgiving. That's what I told him. But as I, over the years, I had a great mentor by the name of the late Dr. Juanita Smith. You guys know her from the fourth square. Pastor Rick knows her. But she used to say, we all hurt people, and we got to just forgive and release people. And I, I sat under her ministry, and, and she said that a lot, but it wasn't until I actually started to write this book and, and, and really come into it. I, just, I hate to admit that. I started writing the book, and I was still the type that could just hold a grudge. But in Jesus' name, you know, I was just kind of alienate you. I wouldn't say I don't forgive you, and, or I, you know, I just found some kind of way to retaliate. And even if it was just a word, just enough to cut you a little bit so you know don't, I am not the one. And God said, is that God's way? Is that my way? And so I said, I won't be able to write this book if I don't learn how to forgive. And so tonight I want to start off by talking about something, and that is the fact that Whatever we believe impacts our behavior. So our beliefs are pretty much like a stool. When we have a, in life, there are, our life is like a stool, and there are four legs. There's the physical, the relational, the emotional, and the financial. And how you believe, whatever beliefs you've embraced, they impact 
how you behave in those areas. Now, I want you to get this because God wants you to really grasp this. Because let me just give you an example. If I believe that God's going to supply all my needs, it's going to impact how I handle my money. It's going to impact my stress level because all of these legs of your stool impact each other. And so tonight, I'm just going to talk about the emotional leg. I want to talk about forgiveness because if the beliefs are bad, then our lives are not going to be balanced. And let me tell you something. If your life is all out of whack in any one of these areas, it's going to impact the other, and you're not going to be able to pursue the dreams that you have. How many of you have dreams? I like this church because you have a lot of young people, young, smart people, and I always brag on Pastor Rick and Diane and by saying they're the smartest clients we have. I hope nobody's streaming this. But they're so brilliant. And, um, Everything, you know, you, you, they don't, you don't have to explain stuff 99 times, and, and they listen and they do it because they want to be people of integrity. But see, there, if your beliefs, if you don't have a good, strong foundation, your life is going to look like the stool that looks all warped, and, and, and you're going to have these short legs and long legs of your life because sometimes you may spend more time in one area than the other. But I'm here to tell you tonight that God wants you to be balanced, and if you're not balanced emotionally, you're going to be in big trouble. Well, let me tell you something about what I believe. I'm going to quote a familiar scripture that we all like. It's Mark 11, 23, and 24. I bet most of you can quote that by heart. Here's what it says. For surely I say unto you, whoever shall, whoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. How many of you believe that? I mean, how many of you really, really walk in that? You understand the importance of what you believe. But then here's Mark um, 11, uh, the rest of it says, Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You see, whatever thing. God wants us to ask for big mountainous things, like Christina asked God to hold the weather. I've asked God for some big things in my life. I've had brain surgery. I've had a whole bunch of stuff. And God answered my big prayers. Just recently, I was asking him um, about just more exposure, because I don't really spend a lot of time marketing, but, you know, I kind of wanted God to just drop it out of the air. And, um, and I said, God, I need a little bit more exposure. And just the day before, I was supposed to pay this man $15,000, a marketing guy. Now, you'd have to know how cheap I am to let go of that kind of money. And I'm like, I don't really want to pay this money, but I, the man said, you got to tell me Friday morning. That was yesterday. I got a call to come to the people who handle Bishop Jake's uh, uh, content promo or whatever. And they said, anyway, to make a long story short, I went over and met with them, and we've agreed that I'm going to write their blogs once a week. I mean, how much more exposure can you get than T.D. Jakes? You know what I'm saying? But that's what God will do. That's what God will do. So I, I believe in those mountains, whatever things uh, I pray. When I, when I pray, I believe that I will receive them. I believe Mark 11, 23, and 24 with all my heart. Here's where I used to stumble in Mark 11, 25. And it says, and, come on, can you say and with me? Amen. Whenever you stand praying, oh, I'm about to throw you a curve now. If you have anything against anyone, come on, say anything, anything. against anyone, anything. tell him off. <laughs> Forgive him. Why? Why do I need to forgive? That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. I don't believe we believe that. I don't believe that most of us believe that if we don't forgive other folks, God is not going to forgive us. But here's that big conjunction and connecting that thought to calling down all the mountains in your life 
He said, you got to start with forgiving people so that you can stay in right fellowship with God so that he can answer all your prayers. And then, and then, the story continues in Mark eleven twenty six. But, I love these conjunctions in scriptures. It's like, don't stop, all this go together. Just because it has a different scripture number doesn't mean I'm done with this point. He says, but, if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. There's been a lot of misteaching on what forgiveness is and what it's not. So let me just tell you something. We are never more like God than when we give and when we forgive. In fact, forgiving is giving. Say that with me. Forgiving is giving. Forgiving is giving. And let me tell you why. Because when we forgive people, we give to them what God gives to us. He gives us mercy and grace. And that's what we give to other people. I love the story of Joseph. How many of you know that story? I know you do. You know, when you come to speak at Overcoming by Faith, I mean, I mean, what else is there to say? You know, you just reinforce what the people already know. Sometimes I feel like I brought a cup of water to the beach. But here's the point. There's nothing like reiteration to get the truth into you. But in Genesis, um, in the 37th chapter, it chronicles the story of Joseph. And you know how his brother sold him into slavery. And, and he came into his own, uh, you know, he was thrown in prison, da-da-da-da. But when he was, um, there came a time when he interpreted a dream. And they had to bring Joseph before the king. And his brother said, listen, we know that you are going to get us back because we were so mean to you. But I live by this scripture. It's in Genesis 50 and 19. Because you see, Joseph has suffered a lot, but no reason it appeared. But they came to him and said, we know that you're going to get us back. But in Genesis 50 and 19, Joseph says, fear not, for am I in the place of God. I like that. He said, don't worry about me getting back at you. I, I, don't, I don't do vengeance, but this is the part I like. He says, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. You meant evil, but God meant it for good. God had a plan. Let me tell you something. I don't know what your it is tonight, but God meant it for good. How many of you got an it that you're still trying to get over? Yeah, yeah. God meant it for good. There was divine purpose in it. And I began to look back over the it's in my life, the things that I had held on to. And I grew up in the South, and I remember when I was in college, and a senior in college, and the professor called me in, and he said, you and Miss Patmore have tied, but the A in the class was an English class. And he said, but uh, I'm going to have to re-examine you to see which one of you will get the A. I'm like, what do you mean, the A? Well, I mean, you can't give her one. <laughs> give me the A and give her the A. So he re-examined us, and I got the B. And I was angry about that because it was just pure racism. I was so angry about that. But I didn't know these principles then because I, I, have, a new, I have a new mindset towards it's in my life now. But you see, I didn't know that 33 years later God would call me to write because I got so angry at that man, I started to study grammar books religiously. And I said, nobody's ever going to make more than I make on a grammar test. You see, I didn't know God was setting me up to be a writer. I didn't know God was setting me up. There was purpose in it. I like what Nelson Mandela said when they released him from Robben Island. Mandela said, as I walked out the door towards that gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. 
Isn't that a powerful statement? I still be in prison. And listen, some of you may have been through things and you may still be in prison, but let me tell you, you can get out tonight. You can get out of emotional prison tonight if you just decide to forgive, to let go, and to live. I know God wanted you to hear this tonight. Listen, I wanted a message where I just tell you, you know, let's just shout it out and all that. God said, teach the people to forgive because there are too many who have been disconnected and they can't even begin to pursue their dreams because they're disconnected from me. I don't want you to be in that space because let me tell you something. We have to realize that forgiveness is supernatural. Sometimes if the burden is too heavy and you need God to come and spot you. God's had to spot me on a lot of things. I'm telling you, it was so hard to forgive. Let me tell you why it's so hard to forgive. It's almost like when somebody messes with us, it creates a debt. They owe me something. And for years, I realized I was upset with my mother. I was upset with my mother for not getting an education, and she was in an abusive marriage. And it took that. I wondered why sometimes I wanted to be impatient with her. And I'm thinking, you should have bettered yourself. And I asked her, why didn't you do something? She said, because I had seven kids, and I had no education. That's why I'm telling all the young ladies, you need to get an education. And then when you get married, get over it. Get an education, then get over it. You know what I mean by get over it? You don't need to act like I don't need nobody. You see, I just lived for the day when I would tell Darnell, I don't need you because I got my own self money. So when I married him, I said, Darnell, I need you to know something. I said, I go shopping every Saturday and I don't plan to quit. <laughs> and you know what he said? He said, okay. I'm like, oh shucks. I'm not gonna get that opportunity to retaliate. I'm, I'm upset because my dad would give my mother $5 to go and shop for seven children. And I'm thinking, I never wanna be in that position. But you see, we can bring that emotional baggage and we don't have to. We can be empowered and not have to be bragging about it. You just know, you know what I'm saying? You just know. I know I'm freaking speaking to some young ladies tonight that need to know that. Because I see too many professional women who don't have men because they have priced themselves right out of the market emotionally. They say, I don't, I don't want you. Listen, Mr. Wright might be in a blue collar. Mr. Wright might have a blue collar job. He'll love you, right? <laughs> can, I just, can I just throw that in? I went down a rabbit trail, but it was for a purpose. <laughs> Listen, we got to learn to treat our offenders like an enemy. That has been the biggest lesson for me. Treat your offenders like an enemy. What am I talking about? How does God say we're supposed to treat our enemies? Jesus said in Matthew 5, 44, he said to do four things. He said, love your enemies. What? He said, love your enemies. What does that mean? Love your enemies. Wish their highest and best good. But God, I can't do this in my own strength. And therein is the problem. Most of us try to forgive. We're like the little engine who could. I think I can. I think I can. Or I can count to 10. Or I can make a New Year's resolution. I can grit my teeth and I'm going to forgive them. God says, you know what? All I need you to do is just to desire. And I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But he says, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Bless them. You know what that word bless comes from? And I don't like to use too many Greek words because you're not going to remember it. But it comes from the word that means eulogy. It means to eulogize them. What do you do when you eulogize somebody? You say good things about them. You don't say bad things about them because that's a form of retaliation. I'm trying to ruin their image in the eyes of the person I'm telling. He said, I want you to bless them. And he said, I want you to do good. Listen, these are action verbs. This is how you get your way to forgiveness. Are you getting this tonight? I want to give you some practical things you can leave here with and you say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go home and I'm going to write that person's name down or I'm going to write that group's name down. Some of y'all need to forgive white folks and there are white folks that need to forgive black folks. Let me tell you something. Let it go. Let it go. Don't you dare say I would be in this place had it not been for that person. That's not true. 
That's why we need to believe the Bible and use it as, our, as a baseline for everything we think. Because let me tell you what the Bible says in Isaiah 14, 27. It says, behold, the Lord has purposed. Who can thwart him? When God has purposed something, nobody can thwart God's plan for your life. You don't have to walk around scared. Listen, that's why I think I'm so bold. I don't try to impress anybody. I'm not trying to be anybody's friend so they can get me to the next place. What an insult to God. The Lord has purposed. Who can thwart him? When God's purposes, nobody can thwart him. That's why you want to stay connected to God. That's why you don't want to be in a place where you are disconnected. Because if there's somebody here tonight, and you know that in your heart, you have a hard time releasing people. Who's that? Let me see who that is again. You have a hard time. That's right. This is one of those messages I got to ask people to do that. That's right. Do it like that. I see those hands. All right. Well, let me tell you something. You are almost there. If you just kind of want to forgive it, you're almost there. Let me tell you why. Because the Bible says it is God who works in us to will and to do. He gives you the desire and he gives you the power. Somebody needs to shout about that. Even if you just kind of want to, if you just want to forgive, if you recognize that God meant it for good, don't waste your trials, don't waste your sorrows for everybody who's ever disadvantaged you in any way. I want to tell you tonight, God meant it for good. You got to begin to look for the good in that. I'm trying to do that now. Everybody, I just want to humanize them. I want to humanize them. I'm saying, what was going on in that person's life that caused them to respond that way? Whatever it was, I was listening to the story many months ago. You guys know about the shooting and Dylan Ross, I think Dylan was his name, who shot those people in the church. And, uh, and, and the next day when they had the news conference, the families came on and they said, we forgive you. See, they made the decision because that's what forgiveness is. It's a decision to set a prisoner free and then discover the prisoner is you. The prisoner is you. The prisoner is you. So what will it be for you tonight? Will you forgive and live? Or are you going to hold on to it and die? It's amazing. I was reading last week about... Um, how unforgiveness can cause affects you physically and what they're now doing in the cancer treatment centers of america what they're doing is that they have a, what they call forgiveness therapy because they've tied unforgiveness to cancer and what they have discovered is that when you hold on to things and you're mm, you know you're stewing about it it begins to secrete certain hormones i don't want to make this too technical but there are two hormones that if you don't if, if they have excess abundance in your body they'll suppress your immune system and that's cortisol and adrenaline and when you're thinking about something somebody has done to you, and you're getting all upset again, that's why you need to let it go. See, we've been taught to forgive and forget. Now you know you can't do that. Only God can do that. So forget about forgetting. You can't forget. Come on, say forget about forgetting. Forget about forgetting. You can't do that. But let me tell you, you can choose how you remember. You can choose how you remember. And you can say, God, no matter what that was, I know something's good's going to come out of it. I just release that. I do that. Now listen, sometimes this unforgiveness thing is played out on the freeways. In California, I don't know about here, but on, in L.A. on the freeways, they will test your salvation. <laughs> they will test your salvation. Who knows what I'm talking about? See, I got a strategy, though. You know, because they don't like you to go slow. If you don't take off from the light like a jackrabbit honking at you, they'll cut in on you. So I said, okay, everybody who makes a bad move in front of me, I'm going to say that's a prayer request. That's what that is. That's a prayer request. So somebody cuts in on me. I said, Father, I want to thank you for that person. I want you to just, I claim his soul for the kingdom and his family. All of that. So not too long ago, somebody was right on my bumper. I hate that. I'm like, 
I ain't even want to claim his soul. <laughs> but the person right on my bumper. And you know, I, so first I was going to retaliate. I was going to slow down. I'm going to go real slow. I'm like, okay, remember what you teach. That's a prayer request. I'm like, yeah, I want to pray we go somewhere else. Uh-huh. But you know what I did? I said, oh, no, that's somebody just wants to get close to Jesus. The spirit in me is drawing him in. Come on in, in the name of Jesus. And let me tell you something. One day I was driving, and I slowed, I remember I slowed down, and the person, I was, I was getting scared because, you know, they'd get aggressive. So he drove up beside me, but I didn't want him to shoot me, so I started pretending I was an old lady. I started doing like this. Listen, you better realize when people are being used as a puppet, they are a puppet of the devil. You know what? I got a little, I got a little puppet here I want to I demonstrate something with. You see, many of us don't realize that a lot of times when people offend us, there's just a puppet in the hand of the enemy. Now, if I were to tell you right now, I were to tell the audience, you ugly, all y'all are losers. Now, how many of you would be mad at the puppet? How many of you would be mad at the puppet? You're losers. You're all losers. How many of you would be mad at me? Yeah, why would you be mad at me? Because you see that I am the one motivating the puppet. But you see, we don't do that with spiritual eyes. When somebody offends us, we don't stop and say, he's just a puppet of the enemy. He was just a puppet of the enemy. And we better be learned to do that. We got to have a divine perspective on offenses because many people are a puppet of the enemy. That's why we pray for them, so we can pray them out of the enemy's hand. In fact, we, we pray the enemy's hand out of them. Amen? And you got to begin to do that. And you have to do that as an act of your will. You don't have to feel it. Too many of us try to feel like we have forgiven somebody. We try to feel it. But let me tell you something. You don't have to feel it. You got to just do it. You got to just do it. And as I close tonight, I just want to correct one more myth that we have about forgiveness. And that is that we have to be restored. You see, you got three options when people mess with you and, and hurt you. And you got to forgive them. That's, that's, that's not optional. But you got three options on how you go forward with them. You can restore the relationship. And listen, sometimes we need to restore relationships. We don't need to make people pay forever like that. I know somebody whose husband had a, an affair or whatever, and the person still makes the husband pay from time to time. You know, you just, if you're going to forgive them, forgive them. You know, you, 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 you just go on and you don't put them on probation. You, you parole them, okay? They, they done. How many of you put somebody on, 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 on probation? You, I'm going to forgive you till you do something else. You know what I'm saying? But listen, sometimes you just got to go on and restore the relationship. If, you know, it's a good person and we're all human. I love what I read the other day, how God says, I know they're weak, but I remember that they were made with dust. They're just dust. And you got to realize that. Remember that we're just giving to others what God has given to us. But sometimes you just need to redefine the relationship. You just redefine and say, listen, okay, Susie told a secret that she wasn't supposed to tell. And now I know I can't tell Susie's secrets. I don't have to cut Susie off. I just don't tell Susie's secrets. All right? You just talk about the weather and the sports. You don't tell Susie's secrets. Susie's already revealed that secrets are too heavy for her. But there comes a time when you got to release people. And sometimes you just got to let it go. You got to let that relationship go. 
You just got to say, you know what, I can't be in relationship with that. And it's so hard because let me tell you, most of us, we fear alienation and, and aloneness so much until we'll stay in relationship with toxic people. You don't have to do that. That's an insult to God to think that all the 7 billion people on the earth, you got to be stuck right under this one person right here who is so toxic. You know what toxic means, right? Capable of causing you harm or danger. Listen, you don't have to be there. You can let them go. Trust me, you can let them go. Amen? Well, I want to pray for you tonight, those of you who feel like, and I know you do, so if you know what, if you won't be shy about this, if you will stand up, the power of God is here to heal you from that spirit of unforgiveness. And if you will stand up right now, I want to pray for those of you who need to forgive, let go, and live. I want to pray for you, and thank you for being honest. Because you know what, you have come, this is homecoming. We're going to come back home to biblical principles. Amen? Yes, 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 that's it, that's it. I knew this was the message tonight. You won't believe the opposition that came so that I wouldn't teach this message tonight. You won't believe it. But let me tell you something. You have heard the word tonight, and you can't afford to be like those slaves in Texas. Let me tell you something. When Abraham Lincoln set the slaves free, the edict was to go into, into being, into effect, January 1st, 1863. The slaves in Texas didn't find out about it until two and a half years later. They had been free all along. But they didn't know it, and so they didn't walk in it. They called it Juneteenth. How many of you know of that holiday? That's the day that the slaves in Texas learned that they had been free. Jesus set all of us free over 2,000 years ago. He set us all free over 2,000 years ago. And just tonight, some of you are gonna, you're going to embrace that truth as your emancipation proclamation. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you that when the sun sets us free, we are free indeed. I pray for every person standing here tonight. God, your spirit is flowing through their hearts right now. You're giving them the power, the desire to release everybody. So, Father, as we've come during this homecoming season, we really come back home to your word. And we say, Father, by your grace, we release everybody who's caused us any pain, any suffering, any disadvantagement we come now God because this is the one thing we know you saw the offense before it happened you saw it while it was happening and you chose to allow it to be so God help us to know that all things work together for our good because we love you and tonight we just ask you to heal our emotions give us the desire and the power to release everybody cause us to be a channel of your mercy a channel of your grace you've given it to us we want to pass it on so we say yes tonight yes to your way yes to your divine prerogative for the things that have happened in our lives we say like David that it's been good for us that we've been afflicted that we might learn your statutes we want to learn your statutes tonight and so Father God right now in the name of Jesus we say we release everybody say that with me I release everybody say it again I release everybody in the name of Jesus let's give him praise for that right now in Jesus name thank you Jesus thank you Lord do me a favor, I want you to all stand for just a minute. Everybody stand. One thing we don't do is keep you all night, so I don't feel any pressure because I, I think there is a moment 
church is really an interesting thing to be in for a long time. There's staff leaving. Those are volunteers. Those aren't people, so don't join them. What she preached tonight is something that a lot of us needed to hear. You know, there's a awkwardness that happens in life that you just sometimes can't prevent. You get offended because people don't know how not to offend you. They don't know what not to say or what to do. I've been married for 35 years, going on 36. I'm telling you, you don't always know what to say. I'm still learning Diane. And there are times when you need to see that you've been used, puppeted. What's more important? I read a book that one of our staff recommended called Essentialism. Essential, Essentialism. It's a good book. And, and one of the things it said was, what's important now? When? If you want to win, what's important now? Come on, say it with me, please. Come on. What's important now? Some of the stuff you're stuck in isn't important. Not long term. And some of us are so mentally, we become so mentally weak. We're being controlled and pushed around. I'm reading this other good book called 13 Things, 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. And, and the first thing on the list is they don't feel sorry for themselves. It's time to really let it go. They wronged me and I wasn't right and I was hurt. Okay. And Jesus died on the cross and I mean, he's got a list on you. I told Travis Green was here last night. And, and I've known Travis for a long time. And we were talking, and here's what I told him. I said, now you know what it is and what it is not. And it's more is not than is. You're going to be surprised. You get a little bit of success and a little bit of money, and you get to know a few people. You find out what it is and what it is not. You want to be me so you can have a few people? Oh, let me, help, let me tell you what it is not. Let me tell you what you can be. You can be mad with a lot of people. When you get close up on a lot of preachers, they mad people. They frustrated. Beating you over the head for money. The devil is a liar. I will not do that. I will not be bound with that mess. God is my source. Come on, say amen. Whether you are in this building or whether you're streaming live or on demand, wherever you are, I want you to hear me. God's hand right now has called you to something for your benefit, for your future. Lift your hands one more time. Father, I declare your word over the lives of your people and I bless this message that's been given tonight. I declare it to be a word for life, not just a word for tonight, but a word for life. That they will leave this building clear, focused. In a world where we don't know what we believe anymore, people are getting confused. It's time for us to get focused. 
And so would you repeat the prayer with me, please? Say, Lord, in Jesus' name, I have heard a word that is not just for tonight, but it's for my life. I commit to stepping over it. I want you to look at the preacher for a second. I want you to watch me. Some of you, it's a very nice jacket, trust me. But you need to step over it and say, in the name of Jesus. And I'm not going back across in Jesus' name. I'm not going to hold another day of grudges. I'm not going to let this follow me anymore. It is over in Jesus' name. I release them and I'm moving on up higher. Come on, give the Lord a big hand clap. I'm letting it go in Jesus' name. Now here's what you're going to do. To seal it, they used to give a high five. Well, really it was a five. It was a handshake. They didn't have paper, you know, couldn't no pens. So they shook on things. So I want you to seal this contract before the living God. But don't seal it low. Seal it high and say in the name of Jesus. Give somebody else a high five. You can't give it to yourself. Come on, give it to somebody. Come on, in Jesus' name. Come on, give it in Jesus' name. Come on. Praise God. 